Okay, satellite imagery coming through. Roger that patch visual, my location. Gonna need some more FBI guys, I guess. Geocache Talk Podcast is sponsored by FTF Magazine. FTF Magazine can be found at ftfgeocacher.com and by IB Geocaching Supplies. The best site for geocoins, cache containers, and much more can be found at ibgeocaching.com and by Cashly. Cashly is the foremost geocaching app and can be found at cashly.com. Please make sure and let these fine sponsors know that you appreciate their support of the show. Hey everyone, it's time for Geocache Talk. Whether you're at work, in the car, or wherever you are, we hope you enjoy the show. Please give it a like and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play so that you can get all the weekly Geocache Talk goodness. Big thanks to the Travel Bugs for the music, patrons Doug Jones, Joshua and Caleb Slinkard, Tom Brotherman, Jeff Arbaugh, Deborah Burris, Joshua Johnson, Nick Hubbard, Andrew Tiepkin, Cecilia, Cecilia Perez, and my new patrons, Sydney Sawyer and Valena Mahar. If you'd like to become a patron, please go over to patreon.com slash geocachetalk for more details. Patrons get path tags, coins, and other geocaching swag during the year, as well as invites to special events only for patrons. Support levels start at as little as $3 a month. Speaking of support, I still have, and I know they're still available, the treasure coins are still available for purchase for $25 a coin. Go to sunfirefilmsinfo at gmail.com. Proceeds go to the promotion of the movie, Treasure, and when you buy one, you can get to see the movie when it's ready before anyone else gets to see it. So at this point, uh, jump into the show. I got to hit record. So um, you will pick up at this point. Russ is talking about how he learned about geocaching. And I read it. As soon as I saw the description, I just felt a surge of adrenaline and said, "That's that sounds like fun. And I don't know if it was that day, but within a day or two, I ran out and bought an old a yellow uh uh, e trek right. What was the uh, yeah the yeah e trex one hundred e trex yeah yeah e trex one hundred. That's what it was. Yeah, that's awesome. that was my first. And uh, those things weren't very accurate. But anyway, that's that's how I got started. And so um, you know, after I got that, I went out and tried to find some some geocaches. And my very first try was a, a DNF. You know, well, I uh, isn't that the kind of the way it is with some people? <laughs> and as the the first one. Because you're kind of not sure what you're looking for sometimes with the beginning, but but you persevered. I did, and it was funny because uh, I think I took it to work the the unit uh, the next day, and I, I was working as a lawyer at that time, and so I was wearing a suit and tie like I, I normally did. And uh, afterwards, there was another geocache not far from where I worked, and I DNF the previous one. Um, and I thought, well, why don't I just give th this one a try? It looks pretty easy. Well, it turns out uh, it wasn't that 
easy and it wasn't that that convenient. I ended up tromping through uh, mud and bushes in my uh, wingtips and, and suit. <laughs> Where, where's uh, the video the of this? We want the video of it. <laughs> I know. Well, I found the cash. And uh, so, okay, then I was hooked. And so awesome. that was my first cash. And then, awesome. like, within a couple of days, I went back and I found the one that I DNF'd on. Oh, wow. You avenged it quick. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you have, uh, what is your, not that numbers necessarily matter, but what, where, where do you think you're roughly at, um, find-wise? Oh, I think I have, it's around 2,600 something. Wow, okay. Bodies, which is, uh, I mean, considering that I started in 2002, so that's yeah. not a very big number for somebody who's been doing it that long. Well, that, no, I mean, we're, we're at 1,000. We started in 06, so we're not really, um, but... You know, we've talked about on this show, um, numbers are sort of deceiving, I think, in that some people um, may perceive different ways based on their numbers. But, you know, um, it really kind of depends on, you know, do you, the time you have to do it and maybe the, the area you live in and some other things like that. So. I agree completely, especially uh, um, I think the area you live in is very significant. Now, around here, uh, bear in mind, I'm in California, uh, the Silicon Valley area, just south of San Francisco. It's got about the best climate you're going to find in the world. Uh, you, can, you can geocache three, 365 days a year, and, um, mm -hmm. and it's very rich in caches, too. There's just thousands and thousands uh, of geocaches all over the, the they've got parks and all the hills uh, surrounding the area and so and so forth. So in this area, uh, that's why we have uh, Team Alamo or Alamogul, as he's known now, who's the world's <laughs> mo most prolific finder of, uh, of all in this area. You know? wow. So so if you want to, you can have really big numbers around here. Sure. But I just never then into the numbers. Uh, I'm one of these people who, if I go geocaching, I'll walk by three geocaches just to get the one that I'm interested in. Right. There's, um, and that's, I think that's the great, that's one of the great things about geocaching is um, if you want to do, like you're doing, you want, if you want to do selective, you can do selective. Maybe you're interested in just puzzle caches. You could do, you could, you know, you're a geocacher. You just find puzzle caches. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to mess with others if you don't want, or you may be looking to do a certain type of challenge. Maybe you're wanting to just work on your fizzy or your jasmine, and you're kind of, like you said, you might, you might pass up thousands of caches because you're looking for a certain date on a, for a geocache. Right. So, well, that's interesting. So, um, well, you've touched on two on two points that are very relevant to mm -hmm. me, personal to me. Right. The, um, I was really into the puzzles at one point, and I still enjoy puzzles, but I don't do them nearly as often as I used to, partly because of the geocaching partners and friends that I've had over the years. But uh, I sort of burned out on them a little bit too. Yeah. And um, uh, but that, but I've worked on the fizzy challenge. In fact, I've completed the fizzy challenge. Awesome. So, um, yeah, so definitely when I was into the puzzles, that's where I would go for the puzzles and skip all the regular ones. When I was mm -hmm. doing the challenge, then I'd focus on that. And, yeah. and that's fine. You know, everybody has their own thing. Yeah, and I, I think that's the, to me, that's one of the 
one of the wonderful things that the, there's such a variety of, of ways you can sort of, and you can switch over time. Like you said, if you get tired of one thing, uh, you know, you can easily switch to something else. So you mentioned people that uh, you do, uh, we're going out. Do you, do you normally cash alone or do you cash with some other people? Um, right now, I have a regular geocaching buddy um, whose geocaching name is Bobbles, uh, B-O-B-L-E-S. I met him actually uh, uh, playing playing guitar on meetup.com. We both play play guitar, play oh, wow. similar styles. And that's he awesome. lives not, not too far away. So when we first got together, that's what we do is we, we play guitar and so on. He's a retiree like me. So, so we have free time during the week. So, um, so we were getting together, on, but he also likes to hike. And so uh, it turns out, uh, you know, he knew that I was a geocacher. I mentioned that. It, and uh, yeah. he mentioned that he'd given that a try with his son, but his son wasn't interested in it. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of recruited him and said, well, why don't you try it with me? You know, I don't have a geocaching partner right now. Sure. And so um, so he gave it a try and, and it, you know, we hit it off. So now every other Monday, that's what we do. That's and awesome. we're doing it tomorrow. I just printed out a map. Awesome. A map, map right here. <laughs> You know, the park and the cache is marked out. So, oh boy, uh, Russ is old yeah. school. He's printing out. Oh, he's printing stuff yeah, out. I don't even have a, a smartphone, so uh, I, do, I have a GPS unit anyway. But but uh, over the years, I've had different partners. When I started out, um, I, I was a solo cacher because I didn't know any other geocachers. But I started going to the events and, and met a number of great people. And I, many of them are still my friends. I, I still geocache occasionally. When, with those folks, especially yeah. that still go to the events and sure. many of the old timers are still there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did have a regular partner for years, uh, Philippe GPS, okay. is his name. Mm-hmm. He's uh, a Belgian geocacher. Oh, he, wow. was out, he was out here in California uh, back in the, uh, the early days, 2002, 2003, when I started. That's that's when the dot-com uh, boom was really going. And right. he was he, he ran a venture capital firm for, for a European company. Oh, wow. Out, out here. And um, so and he lived real close. And, and I met him at an event, and we just hit it off. And I liked his, his wife. And it turns out my, my wife speaks French and traveled in France. And um, we got together, and our wives hit it off, our families hit it off. So we ended up just being family friends as well, going to movies and, and dinner together and that stuff. And Philippe and I, we're really into the puzzles. So we would go out all the time, especially doing the puzzle caches, but, but hiking as well. So he was my regular partner for several years, mm-hmm. at least, at least three years. But then the dot com bust happened. And, right. um, so, um, he ended up, uh, having to go back to, to Belgium. Wow. Uh, so, but I still stay in touch with him. Uh, we did some, we created some caches together. And I've taken over some of his caches, and I'm still maintaining some of those caches of his. So he was he was my buddy for mm-hmm. my geo buddy for for a while, and then uh, but in between times, and even while I've had regular geocaching partners, I've still gone out with other people. Sure. Uh, you know, Bobbles doesn't do the puzzles, so I still go out with other people to do puzzles, and I go out there. Sometimes groups get together. I've gone out with a number of groups where they get together to do a a challenge, you know, a challenge run or something. Yeah. 
busy squares up in a certain location or something like that. So, so it's, it, it's very, I don't yeah. have a, just a, a single fixed, you know, geocacher group or more part. Right. Yeah. I, I'm uh, very similar in the sense that uh, most of the time it's, you know, Slinky mom and I are, are the ones going out together, but um, actually one of my uh, buddies is in the chat room that, uh, we create a group. It's the Motley Motley Cra- Motley Caching Crew. Get it? Motley Crew. Motley Caching. Okay. okay. Never mind. Anyway, so um, bunch of guys. We we uh, we'll go geocaching together for a day, and then we go eat barbecue. That's our that's our tradition. So we need to get together and do that again. We've um, we've been missing uh, some of late, but uh, uh, you know that's kind of neat to have different people. Um, you know, we were at Geo Woodstock. We you know, would go with other people, and so. Uh, you know, like you said, it's kind of fun to, to go with, with different folks. So now, um, have you, do you mostly cash in, uh, in your state? Do you, do you get to, now that you're retired, but yet you're doing other things, do you, do you travel much now or are you pretty much like to be uh, a homebody most of the time? Yeah, I'm mostly a homebody. So I cash locally. Um, I've done some traveling, but um, I, I geocached a fairly broad area. Um, I went to Europe and visited, oh. you know, when, I, when I finally retired, retired. You know, after right. I retired from the <laughs> FBI, I practiced law, and then I retired from that. Well, right. When I was finally retired, retired, um, <laughs> my wife and I went to uh, to Belgium and uh, oh, met cool. together with, with Philippe and his wife. Right. Um, right. And... Um, did a lot of geocaching there, although we did other things too, and uh, yeah. did the tourist thing. And so I geocached in Belgium, Netherlands, and Denmark. We had friends in Denmark too. Um, got to stay in the, uh, the the government house supplied, but to the legal attaché who was an FBI agent that I oh, used, wow. used to be my squad supervisor. Wow, that's uh, cool. He was, yeah, in, in Denmark and in, uh, in Copenhagen. So I geocached there, and then. Within the United States, um, I've had occasion to travel for various reasons, and I have uh, made a point to pick up caches when I'm there. But I haven't done a lot of ca- a lot of travel for the purpose of geocache. Kind of when I was getting real near the end of the fizzy challenge and realized that I, I had a good chance of finishing it, then I did take some trips, uh, especially with other you know local people here around, mostly in in California, but I, I had a good friend in, in Utah that I visited and I was going to oh, visit him anyway. Right. And I picked up three important fizzy squares there. Yes. Utah is one of those spots <laughs> in the country that is like, you want to finish fizzy, Utah can be really uh, important. Yeah. In fact, in, in, in my most recent book, my novel, the head me. So a couple of those real geocaches feature in that uh, in that book, and and the character Cliff Knowles uh, yes. is trying to complete the fizzy challenge too, that's, and he goes awesome. for those particular caches, which are still active. That is awesome. You know, you, uh, and we'll we'll talk about protect the books and in, in the FBI in a little in, in a minute here, but uh, you know that is neat how you've been able to kind of incorporate it. And that's that's also the book we're going to give away tonight later, right? That's that is correct. Yes, awesome giveaway to lucky. Um, live uh, listener. And so everybody stick around. 
uh, a little bit while we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll give that away. So, um, what? Uh, and this is going to be tough, Russ. I, I know. D- d- based, on, we only have we don't have all. We we have more than <laughs> we only have an hour, and we've we spent some. So I know uh, you're gonna have to condense this answer down a little bit. But what is it about geocaching that you find interesting and intriguing, and what what does it really kind of mean to you? Um, well, it, obviously it has a number of aspects and I, as you say, I'll, I'll condense it down, but, um, it, it's especially important now that I'm, I'm retired. It, it gives me something to do. It, I, it, it's a form of exercise and that's yeah, important to me. I've that's very always important. been a runner yep. and, um, and especially now bobbles really likes the trails and that's mostly what, what we do. And it's pretty hilly around here. If you've ever been to the Bay area and so I have, yeah, there's some hills yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the one we're doing tomorrow is a very steep trail. I've been on it before. Um, so anyway, there's exercise, but uh, clearly the most important aspect to me is the, uh, social aspect. I just met some great people. It's, uh, I mean, when you're sitting home, you know, you, you, I love my wife, yeah, <laughs> but of course. I, you know, 24 hours a day, just one other person Hey, my kids are out of the house. We don't see them that much anymore. So it's great to get out and just socialize with, with somebody else too. Yeah, and, ab- uh, yeah absolutely. You know, and so I do the events and not just with a, one particular partner, you know, Bob is, is, a, is a really good close friend. Uh, but I like to go to the events as well and, and just see uh, some of the people I haven't seen in, in quite a while. You know, some of the old timers come out every once in a while, but, but not very often. So, so that's the most important thing. It, it also gives me a creative outlet. Um, as you can tell, I'm a writer. So um, it's one of these things that I have this urge to always be creating something, you know, mm-hmm. something that other people can enjoy. And um, so I've been able to do that with geocaching. I think that was, um, in a way, my first uh, outlet, writing outlet, because I I own a lot of caches. I owned. I just looked up the number before I came on the show. It's ninety six that I put out. Wow, that's great. Most, and uh, only about I think thirty eight or so are active now. A sure. lot of them are puzzles and have mm-hmm. kind of stories uh, involved with them. And some of them even have some simple code. I'm not a really a, a programmer, but I've been able to hack out a little bit of. Uh, you know javascript or something and for a little put for some puzzle caches and yeah so, so creating stuff and i got some crosswords on there and so on so creating stuff like that that people can have fun with is uh it's been a, a big reward for me too yeah that that is yeah that is that is uh that is very cool so um let's get let's talk about um some of these things uh that you've um just a, a, you really have had a, a fascinating career, Russ. You, it reminds me of a funny movie I saw. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Buckaroo Bonsai? Across, across no. the Eighth Dimension? You haven't seen that one? No, I guess what? not. Okay, no. well, he's a scientist. He's a uh, rock star because he plays guitar. He solves uh, mystery or solves crime. You know, he's kind of like a... He's uh, he kind of spans a lot of areas. So uh, finding out that you uh, uh, play guitar is really cool, based on all, everything you've you've, you've done. So um, 
So let's let's kind of talk about we'll talk about the the books in a minute and how that came about and how you've tied geocaching in with your books. But um, before that, um, we talked before the show a little bit about how you almost didn't even go in that direction and you went into you were gonna you were you dabbled in the possibility of sitting and coding for the for your entire life, but you didn't do that. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> And um, yeah, it's one of these things where, of course, that was, uh, I, I won't pretend to be a young guy anymore. I mean, we're talking back in the 60s and when I was a uh, draft date for, for Vietnam and I, uh, I, I learned how to program, not, not program, but uh, how to operate IBM mainframe computers. That was my work study job in college. So I, I took a job, you know, I graduated from college with my math degree, I took a job operating these uh, these computers at Fairchild Semiconductor. And uh, after a while, uh, they were able to f figure out that I knew maybe one step more than some of the other people who, who were loading the tapes onto the tape drives. And uh, they offered me a job uh, programming. But it was, it didn't, you know, if I had the imagination of Steve Jobs or, or Steve Wozniak and known what was coming in Silicon Valley and personal computers, Maybe I'd have taken it, but back then, pro pro excuse me, programming consisted of COBOL uh, forms, you know, right. for shipping shipping products and uh, oh boy, and, uh, inventory and yeah, I didn't want to spend my time doing that. So uh, yeah, so um, so instead of doing that, you ended up uh, in the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Right. I went to law school. I went when I went, right went I, to law school. Right. I ended up not having to. I wasn't drafted. I got a high lottery number. I looked out there. The older people here will know what a big, big mm -hmm. life event that was. And um, yeah, so I went to law school, and then right out of law school, um, I mean, I took the bar uh, right out of law school. But then uh, that fall, after I did that, I went right into the FBI and spent 25 years in the FBI. Around amazing. the country, then. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Twenty-five years. Um, is that why I say it like that? What do you think a a a career is that a normal think career time for somebody back then? Yeah, yeah, it it is. Now, keep in mind, uh, the FBI is, is law enforcement, and they sort of compete with the police in a way, and uh, it's considered a hazardous job, although it's really not. I mean, the average liquor store clerk has a more dangerous job than uh, than an FBI mm -hmm. agent, at least most of them, unless you're on the HRT or something. But um, but but the bottom line is, uh, it's a law enforcement job, which so it has early retirement, um, just like police do, you know. And uh, so um, most agents come in. I, I was younger than most agents. I was in my mid twenties. Most most of the agents were right around. 29, 30, 32, 33 kind of thing. So, so they put in their, their 20, if they put in 25 years, they're in their late fifties and that's that mandatory retirement at 57. Oh, now. really? Now is that still in place or? Yeah. Well, well, when I went in, there wasn't any, but then okay. they put it in at 55 and then they decided that was a little too early. So they stretched it to 57. And, um, but I got a, a good job offer uh, when say you can retire at 20 and 50, which is typical right. police 
40 years, away. 50 years, yeah. okay, right. 20 years yeah. in at 50 years age old. Age 50, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. So I just, I got a good job offer at age 52. My kids were, uh, um, were just in college right about then. And I couldn't, I couldn't pass up the double, the money for double dipping, you know? And yeah. So, so I ended up, uh, taking a job in, in high tech. I didn't go right into practicing law. I was, uh, I worked for a high tech company in the corporate security for a couple of years and actually for a couple of different companies. That's when the dot com boom was big. Right. And then, um, then I got laid off the dot com bust. And, and that's important mm. because that kind of led to my first book being, uh, being written when right. I was out of a job. Which is, um, you've got, is it, you've got six. Uh, the first of the, of the series, though, doesn't have any geocaching, but. Right. Because mm. that was 2001. Okay. And um, I hadn't ever heard of geocaching. I guess it existed. It started in 2000, but I didn't know right. about it. Yeah. Very. At that very time. Early. So. Yeah, that was held for ransom, and uh, I wrote that in about well the first draft. I I wrote kind of from beginning to end in six weeks because I had wow. this compelling compelling story I wanted to tell. It was largely based on a real kidnapping case that I worked in the FBI. It was the most intensive week I had spent in the FBI. Wow! And, uh, wow! Because there's but, obviously different areas, just like any kind of large organization. The FBI has different sort of, I wouldn't say they're not really called branches or yeah, divisions or different divisions of the FBI. Yeah. They're different uh, uh, divisions. Well, they have both geographic divisions and then they also have, uh, you know, criminal division, uh, legal division, right. Uh, Special specialties. Know. And one of your specialties so was, was in that, um, right. um, kidnapping and, in, in uh, Extortion, uh, extortion kind of areas? Uh, that, that, that was at, at one point, yeah. The, in the first half of my career, I did foreign counterintelligence. And I really, I don't touch on that because it's all classified. And I really yeah, can't, can't talk, talk about, about it. it. <laughs> and it's not in my books. Right. But, uh, you know, but I switched over to criminal work um, kind of about halfway through or two-thirds of the way through and went to the high-tech squad in San Jose, which is, of course, the, kind of the hardest Silicon Valley and that's why high tech crime at that point, you know, we weren't really talking cyber stuff so much as uh, hardware theft. They were doing truck hijackings um, uh, where they were stealing the chips and the disk drive yeah. and all that stuff. Uh, there was uh, software counterfeiting, so that was kind of white collar. Um, you know, there was, uh, but I mean, it was, it was copyright infringement where they were copying the. The disk is not hacking or anything like that. They were actually, uh, these Chinese companies were putting out uh, fake Microsoft, uh, right. you know, Windows uh, CDs and so on. They're selling them and all this kind of stuff. So uh, one I, of the things that, I, was that saying, happened, I, I read, I read this book or I listened to it. My wife keeps telling me, Cashed Out, which I loved just to let everybody know. I, I This is a, this is a cool book, but. Um, it, it, it made me kind of think of a question, which is one of the things that, that Cliff does, and I, I don't know, is um, dumpster diving <laughs> for information. Is that um, sort of the non-glamorous? Is there Was there a lot of non-glamorous days in the FBI? Because, you know, we always think of the movies, you know, and all the cool stuff the FBI agents are doing, you know, freeze FBI. But um, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> I dumpster dived. 
in fact, one of the one of the big cases, not actually the one that is uh, kind of touched on in uh, in well, Cashed yeah. Out, mm-hmm. but in one of the the, the later books, um, the um, really in in Behead Me, that that's also based on some real cases. Okay, cool. In, in that case, uh, although I don't think I'd put it in the book there, but it happened in in real life where that I went dumpster diving a number of times and ended up breaking that case that that way. So yes. You know, I don't have time to tell you all the uh, right. non-glamorous stuff. But if you, I've been, I was on a surveillance squad where I was sitting in a car in New York City in the summer with no air conditioning, with oh, a wow. smoker, and the windows rolled up, wearing a suit. <laughs> oh no! Just sitting, waiting for somebody to come out of the door for eight hours. You know, so. You know, uh, I'm thinking, I went to law school for this, but yeah, <laughs> it's all part of the job. Surveillances are killers. Uh, uh, just so to answer your question, yeah, it's <laughs> nothing like what you see on, on TV. Right. No gun gunplay. One time in my entire career did I ever have to pull a gun uh, on somebody, and that was when I was mugged in, in the New York subways. Oh, my goodness. So. Of all yeah. of all people to pick to to mug and they pick an FBI agent. I mean, that's not really that's that's kind of like trying to well, try to hold up a, a gun a gun store or something. Well, except that it, it was one a.m. in the South Bronx, uh, and I was a white guy in a suit in an area where there are no no white guys at one a.m. Right. So uh, <laughs> I I don't think they figured it out kind of why it was possible I would be there. Right. Uh, or you were armed at the time. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> what? They might have, if they'd given it some thought, they might have figured out why would a guy in a suit be up here, you know? But uh, anyway. Yeah. Because, uh, so, no, so I, I'm disillusioned, Russ, because I'm, I was assuming that, you know, you know, Cliff Knowles, this, the cashed out story was, was a true story. There, no, it's definitely not a true story. Although you'd be surprised, I, I've heard about um, some, uh, you know, some geocachers finding stuff, finding dead right. bodies. Maybe yeah. not a homicide victim, you know, a wino in a, in a vacant lot or something like that. Yeah. But there are a few things in there. Like there, there's a secondary story. Um, some of the um, the the corrupt if you will, security company, private security company, that's based on, on a real case. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't want to get into the details there, but, um, but in the, in the uh, but in the book, you, you know, like you said, there, you, there's some, I really, and that's the first one I've read. I'm going to read the, I'm definitely going to read the rest of them, but I, I picked that one. Uh, it was your first geocaching uh, story, but there is, um, there is some intrigue sort of toward the end. Like you're talking about how there was some of that, um, Hey, if you do this for me, I can get you tickets, and you know it's kind of a there's this the that corruption that 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 you talk about in the book toward toward the end uh, is kind of interesting. It's like ooh, you know, this is interesting because we always hear about those kind of things where you know you show up at a certain time and I'll get you tickets, and then you know you can kind of scratch my back and do certain things for me. And yeah, well, there are um, a lot of law enforcement people, you know, sheriffs and, and policemen, uh, de- deputies and so on, who have 
second jobs are able to, to, uh, to moonlight in the private security area. Typically, there are rules. They have to pass that by their, their lieutenant or captain or chief or something like that and get it approved. It's not right. always allowed. But um, I think there's some – I know that some of that go, goes on. You know, yeah. some guys will do favors. And you wonder how some of these private eyes can get criminal records and um, driver's license records and stuff right. like that. A lot of things that unfortunately um, we like we all know that we hear about we hear about the bad apples uh, and so of course that that leads to the whole you know well they're all corrupt and it's like well we know that's not true but unfortunately it's kind of like anything when you hear um, where you've got a couple people that are doing something wrong and, and it kind of ruins things for a lot of people but. Um, well, um, so um, you uh, well, interesting about that book, and we'll we'll move on to some other stuff. But in that book, what I found what I found fascinating and uh, looking forward to the to the other books was the fact that um, you you incorporated geocaching into it. In I found in uh, fascinating in such a way. Uh, and again, that's a, a really good book, I think, to read because you've um, it it you did such a uh, such a great job of taking the sport that we're all passionate about and be able to incorporate it into that into the story and into your you know your some of your experiences. So, um, without giving away the plots of the rest of your books, what are some other things? that I have that I'm going to look forward to as far as the, what you've done with geocaching uh, and Cliff Knowles and some of your other books up till even up to behead me. All right. Okay. Well, um, as, as you mentioned, uh, cashed out is heavily centered around geocaching. Right. And it, actual, not, not only is there a lot of geocaching in it, described in it, but the, the knowledge of geocaching, kind of just the rules and the practices and experiences are instrumental in solving the mystery and, and in the plot, in the plot line. Right, right. And that one and um, Death Row, which was two books later, um, is much the same. Death Row is really a follow on to Cashed Out. So there's a lot of geocaching in it and there's knowledge of geocaching and, and so forth that is important to the plot line in that one. Now, uh, let's just go back to the first one. I, I mentioned that the first one, Hell for Ransom, doesn't have any geocaching in it. The actual plot takes place in the 90s because that's when the actual original crime took place and the technology is consistent with that. Sure. Um, uh, but then uh, then I wrote Cashed Out. That's that's geocaching centered and the main use the same main character but didn't carry over any of the plot or, right. or uh, other yep. characters. And then, um, and he's retired now. He, he's still form. He's former FBI at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Then the next book in the series is Fatal Dose. Now that definitely has geocaching in it. And I think it's important, but not in the same way. It's, it's important from the social aspect. He's introduced to Ellen, who, um, 
eventually becomes the female interest in in that book and others. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. Sure. Uh, you know, and so the romantic interest. Right. And uh, you know, through geocaching. So that brings in the social aspect, and and to me, that's a very important aspect. Um, we even here in Silicon Valley, there was a wedding between two geocachers, which was an event cache. And, uh, oh yeah, what, cool. what a great idea! <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you know, romance can blossom through geocaching. Uh, so, um, yeah, well, they're, and my they're wife been... has gone geocaching with me, although she's she's not really geocacher per, per se. But you know, my my son used to work up in Seattle, and we used to you know we'd travel up there, and she's done the eight cache with me and all that kind of thing. So. Yeah, so, uh, no, that's all part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've heard of people who uh, propose uh, by uh, you know planning ahead, obviously, but they mm-hmm. put put the ring or they put a, a note in in a geocache and they propose at, at a, a geocache. It's kind of neat, but uh, yeah. So um, six so far. Um, Behead me came out. Was it? About this time last year that it came out, or when, when did it? Um, no, it, it was this year is February, I believe, oh, is when it okay. came out. Of this cool. year, so it's less than a year old. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, and it's got a lot of ge- geocaching. Let me, we passed over one, and that's oh, the, sorry, uh, uh, gut shot, gut shot, right? And um, that's a little kind of different story. It's told all in the first person. Uh, and it's funny because people have told me they didn't even notice that, you know, because because the other books are kind of written from Cliff Knoll's standpoint, but they're written in the third person. And I mean, for the writers out there, would be writers, you know, that's <laughs> kind of an important point. Uh, yeah. A decision you have to make. But anyway, it's kind of Cliff Knoll's himself telling the story, and it doesn't have much geocaching in it. There's there's a little bit of it here and there. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but if that's an important thing for you, I still think it's a good. Uh, I think it's just as good as the others. I, I really like it. It's based on a real incident, too, to a large extent. Although all these things, bear in mind, even the real cases don't involve murders. You know, you have to, everything's fiction in here. I have to turn them into exciting stories. Oh, and, sure. Well, and that's, you know, it, that's the great the thing about mm-hmm. The real FBI, you know, you, you touched on that. It would be boring to <laughs> write a book about, you know, eight days in a row sitting, oh. uh, waiting for somebody to come out of a door, you know, sitting in a car. Wait, so, oh, that'd be, yeah, that would be, <laughs> can you imagine a book of, well, Cliff is once again sitting in the passenger point, side but, now and uh, he's uh, <laughs> waiting. But, you know. And, uh, and, he, and he has to take a leak and there's no place. Right, you know? No place to go. That, hey, you got a story working now. Uh, <laughs> that's that that's real life. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you that. But anyway, so 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 gut shot. Anyway, if if what you want is a geocaching story, that's not the one for you. But anyway, then then back to uh, the Hedney, which I think has just you know a really good mix between geocaching, which is important to the plot, and there's there's quite a bit of it in there. Uh, not as much as cashed out, but uh, enough to keep the geocachers happy. But it's also um, kind of a a warm warm and humorous is probably the, the most uh, the closest thing if you know the term cozy mystery that's a right. something in the industry uh it's about the closest thing you're going to get to a cozy mystery uh of cliff Knowles thing so anyway um and it's also the only one that's won award and it's, it's selling pretty fast so i think it's probably uh it's not it hasn't sold as many as uh cashed out yet but um 
it, I think it, it'll end up being the second most or even most uh, popular of my books. Cool. And that's something we've been, you and I even talked about before is that, uh, and I think it's important that, um, you know, the books are not just for geocachers. Uh, if you have a friend who is interested in FBI or mysteries or anything like that, don't feel like you can't get this book for them. And, and because they, they don't geocache, therefore, you know, this book is not for them, that, that kind of thing. You know, um, it, it really does. When uh, again, I'm only speaking from uh, you know, I read Cashed Out, um, so I'm speaking from the experience of reading that book. But is that I loved it because the geocaching, but I really loved it also just because of the the intrigue of the story and the mystery. If you're into mysteries and and kind of uh, the who you know who done it, um, you have some really great twists. Uh, you know, I give away the, the story, but you know, uh, while I was reading it, you know, like anybody who reads, reads a book, you're like, Oh, I, I think I know. Yeah. I, I have a real good idea of, of who I'm thinking, uh, person that's involved in these, these, uh, murders that he is kind of got, gets caught up in. And then you're like, Oh no, he switched it. No, it's somebody else. Yeah. So, and then, uh, then oh, that's, that's and, important. That's what that's I'm going important. for. Yeah. And what's funny was is that I was reading it and, I was thinking about it, knowing that you're going to be on the show is that when it ends up being the person that it ends up being, uh, just to let you know, I'm reading it. I'm thinking that the person that he's wanting me to think it is, and it's somebody else. So you really had me going really all the way up until almost the end of the book. So I really appreciate that. So again, um, if you, if you have friends that, uh, are interested in those kind of books by all means, you know, give it to them and you never know. They may come back to you later and go, this has some geocaching in it. I'm kind of interested in the geocaching part now. Well, thanks for, for that plug Gary. I appreciate yeah. that. And yeah, I think, I think of myself as a mystery writer, not a geocaching story or geocaching mystery writer. It's, you know, I don't think of uh, Sherlock Holmes mysteries as violin mysteries or right. mysteries, you know, right. things Love that Sherlock does, Holmes. But, you know, but, but I, but certainly uh, geocaching does play a big part of the plot itself in, in some of them. So uh, anyway, so, yeah. so that's part of it. And I want to thank you for mentioning that you listened to Cashed Out too, because a fellow, fellow geocacher is the voice actor on that. I, that's very cool. And, and uh, you two were on Podcaster, right, together? Okay, very cool. So uh, everybody go check out um, one of Sonny and Sandy's. Uh, go, go through the archives and find the one with, with Russ on that show. Um, you've also been on Geo Gearheads. Yes. So definitely uh, check that one out. Uh, you know, I'll go back through and, and uh, find those and, and listen to us talk uh, uh, some on that one as well. So, um, so are you are you planning a seventh? I am. I'm working on it. I was actually okay. I wasn't working on it today. I was working on it yesterday though. So oh, I don't cool. uh, can't can't reveal much about it. I, I will okay. never commit because I don't I don't know when I'm going to finish it. I don't yeah. know for sure. I, I have a tentative title in mind, but mm -hmm. um, it does. Um, it's not heavy on the geocaching. There's already some in there, and I'm planning to put some more in. But right. uh, if you're a fan of the series, I think you'll like it. Okay, very cool. Yeah, no, I I understand. And, and 
you write, um, you're not writing in such a way, like some authors, they're like um, forced by a publisher. You know, I got to have a book by this particular date. You know, I don't, I don't know if those are still, if things are still done that way, but you don't really have that. You don't have, nobody's forcing a deadline on you except yourself. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I'm self-published. And so um, hmm. there's, and it has its advantages and disadvantages. The advantages, I can write whatever I want at whatever pace I want and the way I want. And, uh, uh, just uh, don't have to keep either readers or publishers or editors happy or an agent happy. The disadvantage is I don't really make any money at it, but um, I managed to to stay in the black. Uh, what I like to to tell people who ask me, you know, how much do you make, and I say I make beer money, and it's a good thing I don't drink as much beer as Cliff Knowles. <laughs> it's true. It's awesome. <laughs> Because I wouldn't be able to afford that much beer. It's just, yeah. I, it's really a hobby that pays for itself is the best, best way to think of it. That's a really good way to put it. So, yeah, well, that is very cool. Um, so one thing that intrigued me, I want to talk about uh, briefly. Uh, everybody's just going to have to kind of put up with me for a minute about this. But you, um, you are uh, interested in, in, cryptography some in fact you were you you were a um were you the president of the american cryptogram association yes i was for uh, for a couple of years okay. uh, and that's it that's a hobbyist group it's uh, you know it's right. just civilians and uh, uh they we work on classical ciphers that were typical um from kind of from world war ii uh prior, you know, uh, right. Anyway, plus some that have been made up just as hobby type ciphers as well. So, you know, there's about, uh, oh, 50 or 60 different kinds of ciphers that we do in the American, called the ACA, American yeah, ACA. Association. Right. Uh, what's, what's interesting about that is, uh, one of the, one of the guys in the chat room is a big, well, I've got a couple in the chat room. They're big puzzle cashers. And so uh, Tom Brotherman, Electric Waterboy, uh, who writes a lot uh, in FTF Magazine, which is one of the sponsors. By the way, for the YouTube watchers, I've moved for now the sponsors to the iTunes version of the show. So if you're wondering why I'm not mentioning the sponsors, it's because it'll be added to the show uh, tonight and be included in the iTunes portion. But um What's interesting, and I'm going to have on Jennifer uh, of Team uh, AJK, Team Magic, uh, uh, next week and talk a little bit about puzzles and how to create puzzles. But um, there's a, a puzzle that has fascinated me, and uh, I, I, we, we, we kind of talked briefly about it. And I, I kind of want, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I, I do want to um, talk a little bit about this thing because I found it recently and it, it kind of intrigues me. Um, which is uh, Kryptos. It's a sculpture that was created. Now it's in front of the CIA, Russ. As you and uh, right. you've you've actually been to the location. Um, I don't know the FBI and the CIA. Uh, I, I assume they get along sometimes, or yeah. I mean, TV likes to show all conflict. I mean, they, you know. TV and movies always, especially te television, but books also 
like to show the police and FBI is not getting along well and other agencies, as you mentioned, CIA and FBI. The reality is that we, we cooperate uh, a lot, especially in the counterintelligence area. Uh, you know, the, the basic difference is the CIA is out there collecting intelligence and we're out there trying to prevent the bad guys on the other side mm -hmm. from, from spying on us. So sure. that's kind of the split. And, you know, the FBI headquarters in Washington, CIA is in Virginia. But, uh, you know, our agents go over there for training. Their people come over to the FBI for training. So so they're sharing. And, yeah, I was there once, uh, but it was before the crypto statue was there. Right. So um, you've been there and obviously can't tell us why you were there. But um, the sculpture, I think, is interesting. And it gets into what you're talking about as far as cryptology goes. Um, this guy put a statue of him, or a monument, sculpture, sorry. Uh, if anybody's interested, I got it in the show notes. Show notes, by the way, can always be found now on the website. There's a whole uh, uh, show link, show section of the website for the show notes, in case you're wondering. Uh, what... um, apparently, three out of the four encrypted messages have been um, solved. Um, the, the scripture, the sculpture contains 869 characters in total, 865 letters and four question marks. And, um, I think that he wanted to, or he assumed that it would be, uh, it would take a while to, to be solved. Uh, and he released it. Let's see. It says, um, 2006, he released the information stating that a letter was omitted um, for aesthetic reasons. So, build um, a kind of 867 letters. Part of a encryption thing in that. So, I, you know, the, the, it's interesting, though, that he, he added those in. Um, is... Is um, is this something the FBI gets into a, a lot? Do you think, or is this more, um, or do do encoded messages and ciphers in today's world is that mostly? Do you think it's mostly foreign type work, or do you think that? Um, well, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I know where you're going with this. I've been asked this a number of times, and like. Bear in mind, I didn't do cryptography for the FBI myself, although I, I was a case agent. You know, the story on Fatal Dose involves some cryptography. I'll just leave it at that. And I was uh, in the role of Cliff Knowles for a while on, on the related case that, that is modeled after. But um, the FBI still does have a cryptography section. They aren't trying to break the foreign uh, intelligence services things or work, work, that's yeah, the NSA. That's the NSA. Yeah, I was going to say that's a whole, yeah. Uh, and so forth. And maybe the military or whoever else. I don't, I don't even know. But the FBI has, has a unit. And typically what the kind of stuff they deal with is like gang communications, for example. Right. Uh, that's what I was wondering if that's uh, used. In yeah. Like in the prisons, you know, communications from inside the prison to outside, for example. Um, uh, you, they don't have access necessarily to uh, to cell phones and you know where they have got, got encryption apps and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so uh, there are messages that are passed from from the gang leader on the inside to the 
minions on the outside, that kind sure. of thing. Mm-hmm. There's uh, you see them in other places. You know, there's like the Zodiac Killer. That's one that's always yeah goes about uh, that kind of thing. The FBI is, gets into so things like that come up. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because um, yeah, Tom mentioned he says that uh, cool looking puzzle sculpture in uh, um, and then Deborah mentioned it reminds her of the show Numbers. Yeah. So very interesting. All right. Okay. Yeah. That. Well, as just on cryptos, um, Jim Galogli is the first civilian to have solved it. Apparently, there was a CIA physicist who actually solved solved the first stage or first maybe even two or three stages. Right. Uh, but that was kept secret because he was um, he was active CIA. But but Jim. Gilogli was a computer scientist, and I think he taught at UCLA. And he's a former ACA president, also. Oh, very cool. And, and he's the first civilian to have solved it. I mean, he solved the first three, I believe. And, um, but nobody solved the fourth yet. Final cipher on that yet. So there you go, everyone out there. Go out um, to Cryptos and solve the fourth one. Let me know when you do. Uh, you know, it may even buy you a, a spot on the show at some point. Talk about uh, crypt- cryptology. Uh, but. Uh, Interesting. You know, those, the, the, those kind of things, uh, of course, fascinate me. And like you said, um, Limax, uh, who was on the show last week, he is now, uh, he's a member now of the, of the ACA. So again, uh, you know, civilians can join the ACA. So Tom, uh, and others that are, uh, like, um, friend of ours, Jason, uh, lives uh, about an hour from here, Redicer. He's big into puzzles, so I got to send him a note and say, you know, you need to go join the ACA because it'd be kind of fun to to be part of that. And you should mention that uh, Cashed Out has uh, yes. several puzzle caches, and, and at least the first one is a cipher. Yes, uh, Hail Caesar, right? Hail Caesar, yeah, which which was based on a real cache. It's archived now, but it's based on one that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's been copied around. It's, I don't know if I was the first one or not, it's, but I've seen a number of copies, uh, similar ones, probably come up independently around the country. Right. Or yeah. even in Europe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Germany. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty it's simple concept that I think everybody will understand it based on the Caesar cipher. But um, yeah, so if you like the puzzle caches, um, you got them there and cashed out. Yeah, and you've got you have so you have several in California. So I come out there, I can uh, I can do some hunting around and hopefully um, not find any weird things when I go to uh, the farm. Uh, no, no, I'm pretty I'm pretty mundane on mine. This I I've put out a couple of clever hides, but mostly uh, I figure if you've solved one of my puzzles, you deserve to have the find. Right. You know? So sure, I've got my share of lamp posts and uh, sure. But if you're going to yeah, solve but, a puzzle, you're not going to make the the final like unbelievably hard because, right? Yeah, that's good. That's just my my philosophy. I've never enjoyed um, hunting for caches. Frankly, I've enjoyed finding caches. Sure. And I've enjoyed the experience of going out the hiking and the social and the uh, planning it, and mapping it, and all that. But looking around and being frustrated because you can't find it, I. That's not, to me, that's not an idea of a good geocaching day. You know, some, <laughs> some, some people think, oh, that's good. It's just all part of the experience. But no, nah, I just assume why not thing. For some people. Well, um, well, uh, well, we look forward to, uh, and I, I really look forward to, to doing, uh, reading the rest. I'll, I'll eventually, I'm probably going to read the rest and then go back and read one. Is that, a, that uh, they're not really, they're not tied in the sense that, 
Because if I didn't read well, one, you're, you're you're right. Start with if uh, for you, I would say start since you've already started with cashed out. Just keep two. going till the end, and then go back. And then when you finish, go back and do the first one because it okay. doesn't carry over. You'll, you'll recognize some of the characters that right. appear in that first one sure. that have appeared in the later books, but okay. uh, the plot doesn't carry over at all. Okay, cool. cool. All right. Looking forward to that. Well, we've got a couple things to do here. We're going to give away, uh, give away a book. Uh, also, want to mention um, so everybody get ready, get into uh, the chat room because uh, I'm going to ask a question here in a moment and give the book away. Um, I did have some people send in from last week. Um, the uh, uh, so I put them into goodoldrandom.org, which is really nice and. Punched the number and up came a number and it happened to be uh, Deborah Burris. You win the coin. So Deborah, I'll be sending you. Uh, that's the only ghost you'll find on Halloween. So uh, Deborah, you are you are the winner. So um, everybody, um, you know, whenever you um, when I have a if I have a mail in one or you know for email, um, you know, make sure and send them in because it's not necessarily the first person. It sends them in. Uh, I use I use random.org, and then I actually not only do random.org, I uh, I look away and I punch the I punch it a random number of times, so it's like random on top of random, uh, and then whatever number comes up is the uh, the number of the person. So uh, anyway, so that's that's the winner of this. But we got to give a book away, Russ. Um, so um, I'm going to ask a question. Uh, based on uh, hopefully people have been listening uh, fairly carefully uh, to the show tonight. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. But um, one of the places that Russ uh, did work, work, uh, help me out. It's a place you, you, were, you possibly would have ended up working, but. Um, you didn't go to end up working for them. You did programming for them briefly. Okay. Yeah, that was Fairchild. Oh, you gave away the answer. Let's do another answer. Then. Oh, oh, I'm uh, sorry. I didn't understand what you're going for. Uh, okay. That's okay. So we're going right. to go for we'll go for something else. So, um, um, let's see. Oh, I know a good one um, that we talked about earlier that might people might remember which is what you got your degree in. So if somebody would tell me in the chat room, what did Russ get his degree uh, in college, college, I, college way back in the day? Um, he mentioned, uh, and uh, it's also on your, uh, it's also an Amazon uh, on your. And let me just uh, make sure to, so you don't get complaints from people. Yep. You're talking about undergraduate degree, right? Undergra undergraduate degree, yes. Your undergraduate degree, so. All right. Yes. So undergraduate degree, and it looks like, looks like Deborah is going to be a double winner tonight. It was in mathematics. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, Deborah, you are you're the first double winner, ever, uh, on. Uh, Somebody else. Oh, somebody else mentioned mathematics. So, um, thank you for mentioning that. Um, you're gonna. So, Deborah, uh, got your address. So, I'm gonna get the information to Russ. And um, now she's in Arkansas. Russ, does does she get a? Do you want to give it? Do you want to give it away? You want to give away the hard 
hard copy? It doesn't matter. If it, it's in the U.S., it doesn't matter. I'll give her a signed uh, paperback if that's what she wants. We don't have it. Not hardbound, but okay. you know, a, a paperback book uh, if she wants a signed copy. Or I'll give her a Kindle. Uh, either version. way. Okay. So, Deborah, mm-hmm. let me know which of the versions she would like, um, which is interesting because she is a um, associate professor in um, physics in central Arkansas. And I think, uh, Deborah, are you, um, she wants the actual book. So Russ, we're going to, we're going to send her an actual book for that one. But, uh, so, um, Deborah, are you, uh, I think she's working to becoming a full, full blown professor. I think she's, um, might be getting close to that. Uh, but she is, um, in Arkansas. We've, we've, geo- she came to one of my events actually. Uh, okay. so very cool. And, um, so looking forward to um, getting that to her halfway through promotion to becoming a, a full-time uh, professor. So, Well, she might like Fatal Dose. That has some physics in there, some hefty physics. Actually. Oh, cool. So, um, yeah, we'll uh, need to get, get into that. So did you ever think about, is that some area that you ever you thought about doing, uh, Russ? Is, is, is something in the teaching world? Um, not really. Well, I thought about it, uh, but um, the opportunity just never came mm-hmm. up. So, uh, yeah. Cool. Now, and you have a blog that I want to I want to I want to mention if I can um, for people to go check out. I checked out your blog. I th- I really liked it. Um, the it's it's a crazy name for a blog. I guess maybe you can explain why it's uh, but it's blog. It's in the show notes, but it's blog dot game a c k like acknowledge like I remember from from uh, game a c k game dot com slash onwards and onwards is all one word. But uh, where where did the where did that title for that blog come from? Yeah, well, my, I have a website called game dot com, which is my, oh, okay. my domain because I I created a game called ack right. like acknowledge. A-C-K. Right, ACK. You no, know, well, it's it, it, more like ACK, something bad has happened. Okay. <laughs> oh, like that instead of... An okay. exclamation ACK. Right, I'm okay. thinking too much of my, my IT yeah. kicked in. And, no, uh, right. Okay, right. so it's more but like... But anyway. More like Gad yeah. <laughs> So that was kind of my, uh, you know, the creative thing that I did. I just uh, put it out there. Anybody can, can download it. It's, it's just a little word game, and it's... I don't know if anybody even plays it anymore, but uh, I, I still play it and enjoy it. Anyway, uh, so I had that domain, and then uh, when I uh, wanted to install WordPress, right. uh, I had to put it in a – I created a, a subdomain called blog because I was going to create – actually, I had another blog called Electric Caching because I had an electric car, and that was – for a while I was blogging about geocaching – in a uh, environmentally kind way, instead of driving hundreds of miles, uh, uh-huh. you know, in your gas-guzzling SUV, right. uh, do it, you know, electric way. But I don't think that ever caught on. I don't think that's necessarily a popular uh, way to go. But anyway, so I got rid of that point. But I, I already had the blog. Anyway, yeah. long story. So anyway, uh, uh, the blog is about mainly about writing the words. So that's why it's on words, kind of a play okay. on words. Oh, very cool. Oh, and words well um we'll have to um, if you're willing to, i'd love to have you back on sometime uh, you know next year we can talk more about that let's talk about do you still have the electric car 
I do. It's a okay. leaf. It's great, but it, it does have a limited range, so it's it's not suitable for long distance too. Right. Well, Use it all the time around here. That'd be neat to talk about. Um, well, Deborah, Deborah's all into the uh, the, the ecology uh, of geocaching. She rides a horse to her geocaches. So there I did go. one. I I did horseback geocaching, and it, that's in one of my books too. I'll let you figure out where it is, and that's. Like that's in, in, in behead me. Oh, okay, and, great. Uh, it's one of my best all time geocaching experiences. Awesome. So Deborah, horseback geocaching in the book you won. I tell you, it's your it is your night. So anyway, well it's great. Well, um so uh somebody I mentioned about coming soon um to the show. Uh next week I have Jennifer of Team AJK uh, on the show. We're gonna talk Hi Jennifer. Yeah, look she's a buddy of mine. I geocached with her. And... Oh, sweet! That is awesome. Yeah, well, she'll be on next week. We're going to talk something specific. Uh, we're going to talk about puzzle creation, um, and not just solving puzzles. So that'll be fun. Talk about something sort of specific. Uh, I've she was on cash release when I was on cash release, and so we're going to talk puzzle creation, which is interesting though. By the way, I want to I want to uh, really. Uh, plug um everything she's doing because next week is sort of puzzle week russ um jennifer's going to be on geo gearheads uh on on uh thursday that week uh and then but on next sunday she's going to be on on uh this show so it's kind of puzzle week for for podcasts um she's going to do ciphers by the way on next that, that thursday so uh, okay everyone, everyone don't uh, definitely don't miss that uh don't miss that show um the week after that, I'm going to have on uh, Jeff Arbaugh and Teus, uh, and we're going to do a, we're doing something interesting. We're going to do a show on now what, something Russ you, it would be um, apropos to what we talked about tonight, which is um, you're at the cash site, you're at, you're at ground zero, and you can't find the cash, which can be very frustrating. Uh, what are some things you can do? Uh, sort of advanced geocaching is what we're going to talk about, and it's going to I titled the that week uh, show. Now what? Now what do I do? I'm here, but I can't find it. So that's going to be uh, on November 20th. Uh, no, then on November 27th, I'm going to have on um, Craig Michelle. Uh, he's the AKA C Michelle. Uh, he's an Aussie geocacher. And um, he's going to come to us uh, uh, on Monday. Uh, the show's on Sunday, but we're like 12 hours different. Uh, for the show so uh, but I, I made sure I, I cleared it with him I was like now you realize the show is at 8 p.m. my time is that okay with you and he's like yeah everything's good so I'm gonna have him on uh, on that that that's a Sunday uh, of uh, Thanksgiving week um, of course he's from Aussie so they I don't think they celebrate our Thanksgiving uh, down there so uh, and then um, I'm not going to talk about it tonight because I'm going to make a very special announcement, but December 4th is going to be a very special show, but I want to mention it ahead of time to everybody who's listening to the show um, because um, this is, uh, I'm pretty certain I can, and I think I can verify it, but I'm pretty sure that no geocaching podcast has ever done what we're going to do uh, on that show. And so very special night. Um, and I will talk more about um, that show and make a special announcement later, probably this week. Uh, but anyway, make a note December 4th for everyone listening and watching. Please try to make a portion of that show uh, 
you'll understand why and you know uh, keep listening uh, to understand why it's a very uh, it's gonna be an incredible show I've been working uh, on that one uh, very interesting very uh, unique I think uh, podcasting uh, anyway well Russ um, thank you so much for being on the show and talking about this and time goes quick but uh, you know maybe uh, next time we Talk more uh, about uh, maybe your law uh, years in your uh, law and order that you no just law. <laughs> <laughs> order too. Well, let, let me give your uh, yes. viewers one one more freebie, a special thing only your viewers going to get. Oh, this right. weekend, well, Friday and Saturday only, I believe it is. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my books is going to be free in Kindle version. So, oh wow. Uh, I'm, and I'm not announcing it or advertising it anywhere else. So awesome. Catch, listen, I'm not going to tell you which one. You're going to have to research my books and watch. But uh, if you do that, you can get one of them for free. Oh, great. Form. Now, uh, what should they, uh, how are they, how do you? Just go to Amazon and find, find me, search my name and okay. the names of any, any of the books I've talked about. And you can find, find me there. And they always list all the books by the author, Russell Atkinson, at the bottom. Right. You can check them all and see what the price is. And, uh, oh, One of those days, Friday, Saturday, one of them is going to be zero for the Kindle version. Sweet. Well, awesome. Well, thank you, Russ, for doing that for our Geocache Talk listeners. So there you go. See, another, we're just giving stuff away every night, like left and right. So this is awesome. Well, again, uh, thank you so much. Um, well, we hope. Uh, everyone uh, that you enjoyed the show tonight, uh, please email me your comments at geocachetalk at gmail.com and obviously keep track of uh, things in the future because um, you know you never can, never can tell. You might win live on the show or you could send me an email sometimes. Uh, I, I kind of mix it up. I don't want to always do uh, the same thing every time, but uh, you know, send me an email and you could easily win uh, when we give things away. Try to give things away uh, you know, often, so uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Geocache Talk, Facebook at facebook.com slash Geocache Talk. show can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, as well as the Geocache Talk website. Don't forget to click on that subscribe button down below. Uh, I'm at like 89. I'd really like to get to 100. When you get to 100, you can do some extra things on YouTube. So please subscribe. Uh, you know, even if you're an uh, iTunes listener, take a moment. Uh, when you get a chance, please go to iTunes, or I mean to YouTube, and uh, please subscribe uh, to my channel. Uh, you can see and hear the show on a weekly basis. Until next week, uh, don't just talk about geocaching or read a great series um, about Cliff Knowles, but, you know, get out and also go geocaching. Good night, everyone. <laughs>